And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bub and the Bloom, episode 101. Going to continue our, our positional previews for the 2024 fantasy baseball season. Heading to the hot corner, third base to get you ready there, doing our usual ADP 1 through 10, and then deeper targets. When we're going to talk some listener league and this thing called PitchCon and much, much more. So check me out on Twitter at BDNTrick, the podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod, and my co-host, as always, on the Twitter at Ryan BHQ, Ryan Bloomfield. How we doing, my friend? Doing good. Another another day, another new draft started off between us. Yes. Again, same league, so... First pitch Arizona Speakers League is 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 underway. A sign that it's a sharp league is Ellie De La Cruz is still available in the third round. Smart room. Smart room, people. Very smart room. But you know what else is smart, Bloomfield? You're gonna get five days of fantasy baseball slash baseball coverage. And that's pretty smart stuff. And that's called PitchCon, brought to you by Nick Pollock and PitcherList.com. Raising money for ALS, goal, the goal this year is ten thousand dollars or more. Um, they used to be four days, moved it to five days. As it gives you more listeners, more content, more really crazy stuff. Like Nick's got a special guest. Nick's got a new podcast with you know Sarah. Sarah Sanchez has a new podcast with Shelly V. You got uh, Alex Fast with Paul Skeens. You know that guy, that number one pick for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not to mention a ton of other content. Like you, my friend, when are you on for this deal? Way down the list of uh, highlighted speakers. I'm, I am one of the first panels, though. I go Wednesday. Gee, priority at uh, three o'clock Eastern, doing a kind of generic, like starting pitchers, um, sleepers, and busts with Frank Stample and Ryan Hallam. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. You're on Friday, right? Thursday, Friday, Friday at 2 Eastern, 11 Pacific time with uh, Pete Kreutzer and Dalton Del Don talking about statistics we like to use to quickly analyze players. You know, first thing that pops to mind, Bubba in the Bloom. Came on his BB. Yeah, that's the first thing that came There it is. Yeah. Panel yep. done. Yep, done and done. And so that'll be a fun one. And that'll be coming right before... <clears throat> you know, a next podcast. So uh, for those of you that want a little warm up and something to laugh at, listen to ours, get the good stuff and, and move on from there. But most importantly, we're joking aside, it will be a ton of great content and obviously yep. it'll, it'll be streamed on Nick's uh, platforms and eventually be on the YouTube channel for pitch list. Some come out in podcast form, but more importantly, like I said, ALS charities are they're raising some money for that. Always raise a ton of money. There's, there's going to be uh, prizes to be awarded based on how much you give. You get back quote unquote tickets into the pot to win some pretty sweet prizes. So go check all that out. Help the cause. Uh, it's always a good one. And they hit their goal every time, and he keeps raising the goal. So you guys are coming through. It's kind of the one of the uh, – everyone jokes about the fantasy community from time to time, but it's a good good window where we actually uh, show that we can get together and uh, do some really cool stuff. So uh, go check that out. Absolutely. And you'll learn a lot, too. Like, I, I try and watch as much as I might. My, my workplace productivity, <laughs> the day job goes goes down a ton, at least during the weekday sessions. I can't can't tune in as much on the weekends because life gets in the way. But uh, but no, great, great content and great cause. If you are able, go ahead, donate and you'll probably get a pretty sweet prize. I know HQ is uh, well, I knew that I know we usually throw out some. Um, I think last year we did not promising it for this year because I don't know, but last year I think we did a free ticket to FPAS. We've Ooh. done subscriptions, we've done books, uh, that sort of thing. But that's just a few of many, many prizes that uh, that not only like speakers put out, but the companies and websites themselves. So it's cool to see everyone kind of rally around it. That's pretty sweet. So go check all that out throughout the next 
starting Wednesday, depends on when you look, listen to this, Wednesday through Sunday this week, the 24th through Sunday. So go check all of that out. The other bit of housekeeping news, as always, listener leagues, we're basically to three full leagues now. Um, so that's cooking. Remember, if we get to four full leagues, we'll have an overall prize, four or more. We can get more, but at least four overall prize, which we will announce when that fills up. And we will start tweeting this out on Wednesday. So we will fill this thing up pretty quickly. I think it's actually kudos to you guys for basically filling up three leagues that quickly just from pure listeners to the show. Absolutely. Yep. That has been very cool. Uh, We do need to, we do need to get on it and get this thing organized. That's why we're going to promote it, get that fourth league filled, get a little overall component going and uh, start reaching out with dates and times and that sort of thing. So much more to come shortly from us. Yeah. So watch your Twitters. If you guys uh, DM'd us, stuff and you're listening now maybe dm us your emails so we can uh, it'll make it easier to get you the forms to um access and whatnot and we'll we'll go from there but that's just right around the corner we'll get those organized and get those live drafts coming up here in february and march to get ready for the season because pitchers and catchers report in like three weeks so yep. Yep. Okay, pretty darn awesome what else is awesome is we're wrapping up the infield tonight and we're going to third base the hot corner which Awesome might be an overstatement, but uh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, I was saying before, it's a, it's a. Yeah, I don't like this position. You mean like Wilmer Flores is the 19th best third baseman? It doesn't do it for you. That's your boy, man. I know. I'm serious. I'm being serious here. It doesn't do it for you. No. But uh, we got the boom board on. If you're watching on YouTube, Ryan, tell us what we're looking at this week. It's a little different today. Little change to the to the to the status quo. So our friend Ariel Cohen um, has released his. His world famous, really, ATC projections, which are um, available on Fangraphs uh, publicly. And that's how I got this information um, on Roto Baller as well. And I'm not sure, maybe on CBS, I'm not sure where else, but you can definitely get it on Fangraphs. That's where I pulled this information from. So that's kind of the one change. I, we went from Steamer, which was, which was, you know, pick your system, whatever. Uh, Steamer was just out first, uh, but decided to uh, help out our friend Ariel Cohen. If you don't follow his work, please do at ATCNY, I think, on Twitter. Um, so, yes, the projections are all from ATC, but the rest of these boards are the same where we have our top 30 at the position. A lot of these guys at this point, since we talked about first base, second base, shortstop, we, we have talked about. Uh, but then we've got our our average homers and speed projections color coded uh, for third base. So um, I don't know, man. High level. What do you think? What do you think about this position? Uh, it gets really reddish pink on the uh, after about. Let's just be nice. I'll say pick fifteen, but probably a little higher than that. It gets real complicated the farther down you go. There's a lot more. So I remember in previous years it was like. Jose Ramirez for speed and then nothing. There's a lot more speed at the position this year. I will say that. I'll, I'll give third base credit for that. You've got Ellie De La Cruz, Haseon Kim. Um, Noel V. Marte is projected by ATC for 16 bags and I think partial playing time. Uh, so that could go up. You've got Cabrian Hayes, Michael Garcia, Willie Castro, Tyler Black way down there. You, you do have some, some speed options more so than previous years. At third base, um, I feel like there's a little more green on the right side of the screen than some other positions. But like to me, and we'll we'll talk about some of these guys. 
like some of the some of the players at the projections like I'm not as high on. And so I think that's why I'm not as like thrilled about the position this year. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm going to try to get you more excited about the position by the end of the show. We'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But let's start with the the number one pick. Do you have something else? You something else? Uh, I, I saw your late picks. They're 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 not going to get me excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, one's going to get you excited, but more to talk trash to me than anything. So we got that going because you're going to start getting ageist on me, and I don't appreciate that. But um, let's go to the top third baseman off the board right now. We're, we were using like the last 14 drafts when we made this. Uh, using ADP for uh, NFPC draft champions and Jose Ramirez ADP of 15 right now. So he's back into round one in your DCs. Another really good year. 24 homers, 28 steals hit 282, just a steady 2020 guy, which uh, you know, the powers dropped the last couple of years, but overall like super, super productive five category guy um, plate skills are great. I don't have a ton to add. I guess if you want to talk about the power dropping off as a concern, that's fair, um, but he has also battled injuries the last couple of years, which is part of the game. But in, in the end, he still uh, he doesn't hurt your team when you draft him. Yeah, agreed. And I think I think J Ram is just fine at the end of the first round. If anything, like compared to some of the other options you might have around that time at other positions, like a like a Matt Olson or even Austin Riley, who we'll talk about next. Like J Ram gives you a lot more balance. And I think early in the draft, the more balance you have just leaves you to more of the player pool available later on in the draft. So I always prefer that over um, over unbalanced players. Yes, like if I have to nitpick J Ram, it is the power, the home run trend the last three years, 36 to 29 down to 24. And like the bail rate's really not that good. The thing about J Ram, though. Like, yes, there's the durability, 685 and 691 plate appearances the last two years. But he just puts the ball in play so damn much um, that, like, he doesn't need to have the biggest barrel rate. Like, he literally puts almost 600 balls in play every year. And just by sheer chance, a lot of those go for home runs. So, like, I I just think, I don't know, mid-20s home runs, mid-20s steals, 280 batting average. Like, I think that's... That's pretty rock solid. So I I have no qualms with JRAM going fifteenth. Uh, I think that's fine. Yep, we're on the same page there. Let's go to the aforementioned Austin Riley going off the board at ADP of twenty right now, and he continues to do it, man. People have said he couldn't hit three hundred three. That's true, but they say he also couldn't hit for average. He went two seventy three in the last year, two eighty one. That's very solid for what we're getting from Austin Riley. Thirty seven home runs last year, his third straight thirty seven home run season. Another 200-plus RBIs and runs combined. That'll vary for every player on the Braves because everyone's driving everyone in, so it makes it complicated to guarantee amazing numbers. But balancing out-wise, probably going to get you 200-plus again, which is beautiful. So I got no, no nothing to worry about Austin Riley. Like I'll, be, I'll be honest. I was one of the concerned ones after that awesome year mm-hmm. a few years back. He's proven me wrong. Good for him. He's going to be 27 this year. Steady Eddie type guy that um, outside of stolen bases, you got to love what you get from Austin Riley. And I'm I'm definitely one of those guys who did not believe the batting average. And like I, I shouldn't say this, but I still don't. And I'm just wrong about that because Austin Riley has proven uh, elevate like really good, really good babbits. Like the K rate is okay, but like he last three years, three or three, two seventy three, two eighty one. Like I mean, that's 
at a certain point, you just accept Austin Riley as an actual batting average asset. And that's that's something I've been wrong about the last uh, the last two years. It's kind of crazy, Bubba. Like this was this was in the forecaster. Austin Riley had 97 RBI last year. Do you know what he hit? His batting average was with runners in scoring position. It was I'm guessing, I'm guessing it's lower than 283 if you're asking this question. Dude, so it, it was 199. With runners in scoring position? He hit 199 with runners in scoring position, yet still had 97 RBI. I'd love I'd love to go back and see how many home runs were either solo or two-run homers, obviously with runners just on first base type scenarios. That's crazy. It says RBI total was held back by a 199 batting average and a 743 OPS with runners in scoring position. 740 OPS. 743 OPS is not that great. So in reality, we're saying Austin Riley could be better. That's exactly like (laughs) what I have in my notes here is like, if that even, and I don't think clutch is a thing. Like, I just think he probably did not drive in runners. Like at just at the time, it just happened. Um, This could be 120 runs, 120 RBI guy. Wow. It really, I mean, it, it could be in that lineup with 700 plate appearances, which which is what Riley has averaged the last two seasons. Um, it's kind of crazy to, to think that last year, like there could be another level there. Um, yes, you're not getting the steals, and that is a thing for me, but uh, everything else just screams full go for Austin Riley. Yeah, no, that's one of the reasons why, like, I'm. I'm not off of Riley because this deal is like, because I love Pete Alonzo, but he's later in the round. And uh, we talk about that and whatnot. And the next guy we talk about, not a big steals guy or two guys from now, I should say. Um, but man, that stat with Riley, it's just, it goes it did kind of off topic, but this is why I'm a fan of reading any good content you can find this time of year. Don't just like settle for staring at fan graphs. If that makes sense. Cause like HQ, all those little blurbs, quick reads, little blurbs, that's a heck of a stat that you're not going to read unless you're like really digging into like a fan grass page or something. And I, I said other content, there's other good content out there too, trying to be, you know, good there. But that that's a heck of a stat that stands out a lot to me because I, I haven't really been in on Riley, but that makes me want to potentially try a draft and see how it comes out with Austin Riley now. Cause that's very, and it makes sense. You should want to probably try Austin Riley because the Braves are going to score a million runs against. So why would you not want to get as much of that offense as possible? Mm-hmm. But I somehow still find my way going elsewhere. So, Brandon Brandon Cruz with that stat, by the way. Good so stuff, Brandon. Friend of the yes. show. That that that's outstanding stuff. That's really really good. Uh, the third third baseman off the board, Ellie De La Cruz, ADP twenty three. We talked about him a lot last week. Not the biggest fans of Ellie. I'd say go listen to last week. Do you have anything to add to that, Ryan? No, I mean, I mentioned at the top that Ellie is now available in the third round of our speaker draft. So those, these, those industry folk, we we know our stuff. We know our stuff. They, they must all listen to the show. Yeah, they must. Big fans of Bubba and the Bloom. That's why they wanted both of us in the league this year, just to really yeah, screw I, things up. I, I don't know how they let you in, but we're... we're... I don't either. I really don't, because I'm not a speaker. I just hosted a podcast, so... <laughs> Pretty fun. But, but, but an electric one it was. Well, it was not not the most electric, but we'll leave that as it is. You must attend to find out. <laughs> you don't. You actually don't want to be most electric. No. You want to be like second or. I think we're in a sweet spot, like second or third. Yep. Yep. We, we get a good thing going, and we just let everybody else go get, from there. Get, get so. close to the line, but don't uh, don't quite tip over it. Story of my life: towing the line. That's what I do very well. Um, the fourth third baseman off the board, though, is a guy that it's really funny to me because. Rafael Devers has an ADP of 25, and it makes so much sense why he's five spots behind Austin Riley. 
Because again, if you're just looking at stats made normal roto stats, they're very, very similar in production. Like Devers last year, 33 home runs, five steals, 100 RBIs, 90 runs, so it's down a little bit, 271 average. So average is similar, steals are similar, power is similar, just slightly different in the runs RBIs, five pick differential. That makes so much sense to me. And the thing I love about Rafael Devers, when you go back, just look year after year after year, hits for average, runs in RBIs, almost 30 plus power, like home runs. Like this is what Rafael Devers does. So if for some reason you don't trust Austin Riley's consistency after three years, trust Rafael Devers. It is literally as consistent as it comes in baseball without stolen bases. Again, got to emphasize that because that's what we talk about a lot. But I have no problems if you want to take Devers. But the more we talked about Riley, got me a little excited about it. But I get Devers, just that consistency is so clutch at that point in the draft. Yeah, and I, I hate to like just totally be on the same page with you, but I, I, I literally have in my notes, what's the difference between Devers and Riley? Like that that is in my notes. Uh, there's maybe not as many plate appearances, not as good of a lineup. Yeah. But outside of that, they I mean, and ATC agrees. Uh, the projection is basically the exact same between the two. Devers doesn't quite have the raw power of Riley, but is he doesn't strike out as much either. So like that kind of washes out. Um, I, I, I guess Riley gets a slight edge because the lineup, because the runs an RBI ceiling. But uh, if, if you're on board with Austin Riley, I don't see how you can't be on board with Rafael Devers. If you're in that kind of middle of the second round um, and, and Riley's gone, I think Devers is a fine plan B if really plan one a or one B, whatever analogy yeah. i want to make so yeah I, I i see where you're going with it um what i was gonna say is i can't find the tweet right now but john anderson had a tweet come out today about uh players that have had like over a like something 20 something percent home run to fly ball in three straight seasons or something devers and riley's like two like the eight or nine players on that board and it makes total sense because like you said raw power riley beats him big time but Devers just maximizes his fly balls, like takes advantage of it in a big, big way. Dude's a, a great hitter. So I, I just know like, it was an easy – this part was easy for me because I noticed it when I had Clay on to do the Braves preview the other day. The more we talked about Riley, I started looking at things. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like it's almost a spitting image, which is crazy. But um, So no problem with either one. Riley ahead of Devers I agree with, but both pretty darn solid. Gunnar Henderson, ADP of 36. Um, we talked about him last week. Kind of waxed a little more poetically than I expected about him. Any other thoughts on Gunnar? thought so, too. Uh, we have a listener question on him later on, so we'll we'll, we'll, hit it up. we'll shelve it there. Sounds good. Let's go to the third base enigma this season. Yes. That's the way I can say it. This is the, this is the guy. Every position usually has at least one. This is the dude. Royce Lewis, ADP of 57 right now. And like we saw last year, in between IL stints, he managed to hit 309 with 15 homers, six steals, 52 RBIs in 58 games. Seemed like he had like a grand slam every other day. Um, he was electric. He was worth every fab dollar you basically had for part of the time. He just couldn't stay on the field. That's the enigma. I think he showed us that if he stays on the field, Ryan, he's worth well over an ADP of 57. But we have to trust that. So where do you stand on Royce Lewis? I mean, if Royce Lewis stays on the field for the entire season, this is a first-round talent, 100%. I think. Yep. Um, but I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't pull the trigger on Royce Lewis in the, whatever, fourth round. 
Um, I just and and I know we've talked about kind of our our style of drafting. Like we we almost we we're we're okay missing that initial breakout season to make someone prove it first, at least in the early rounds. Um, and for me, like, and it, it, for Lewis, like it's not it's not really the knee because that was kind of just a I don't know fluky thing. It's more the it th- this season it was muscle stuff. It was it was an oblique. It was a hammy. Um, the floor for me is 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 too low for Royce Lewis. Fully knowing I I could miss out on a first round season, um, I just think the chances of you getting like a eighty game season are higher than most. Uh, just given the injury history of Lewis, and I hate to peg him like that this this early in his career, but uh, until he proves otherwise and can go a full season, I just. I'd take him in like the eighth or ninth round, but he's, he's fully priced in the fourth. Yeah. He ain't going any lower. He's going to go higher. I have a feeling. I think so too. And that, yeah, if he's healthy, if if he's healthy, when spring comes around, this is probably a second, third round pick. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you do like Royce Lewis, take him now because it's about to get crazy. And I, I have one share and also I have 13 drafts. So I think that's not a great ratio. It was a 12 team. Uh, NPC 50. I decided to take a gamble on him, but uh, I backed him up. I believe I have to double check pretty quickly at third base just to be safe. But uh, I wanted to have one piece of the pie on that one. So you, you you revealed your number. Second base episode. I asked how many drafts, and you said enough. Well, I counted it. I, well, I counted it after the Gladiator on Friday because I wanted to see my player shares, and it's uh, just it's you. it's kind of kind of scary. Um, and we'll talk about those in another show down the road because we have more drafts to go, obviously. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be in way more drafts than I was last year. Let's put it that way. Um, next up at third base, a guy we both like in Manny Machado, ADP of 74 right now. And that's a lot of people concerned about injuries last year, 30 homers, three steals, 258. The steals dropped tremendously, but power production was still there. I'll give an injury update right now. As of January 1st, uh, Machado might not be ready to play defense on opening day. So he'll be a strict DH until ready. He went under. He underwent surgery in early October to repair the extensor tendon in his right elbow. But uh, they're expecting a designate, uh, designated hitter duty for Machado to start the season. But what that says to me, he's starting the season. So uh, I love Manny Machado. I have plenty of Manny Machado. Yeah, I mean, the, the only reason the price is low is because of that, I think. I mean, yeah. and we're somewhat going out on a on – a, on a ledge assuming that he will be ready opening day uh i'm actually a little i don't know i'm a little concerned about that maybe they're pushing him and like will the elbow be ready for him to for machado to eventually go to third i I don't know i guess it doesn't really matter for fantasy purposes because he's already third base eligible but um assuming i mean assuming he's ready to go and i don't think that's like a crazy out of the box assumption this is like the ultimate buy low I think you, you've got the track record. Manny Machado has been a borderline first round player like for the last five seasons. Coming off of a season where he played hurt, had a career low Babbitt, which drove his batting average way too low, I think. And he's still only 31. Like he's not that old. Um, so I just think, again, assuming the health and if he does start at DH, like that's probably fine. I think Manny Machado, he's probably the third baseman I have the most out of anybody so far. And I think you do too. So um, you're getting him like there. And from an ADP 
aspect, it's 74. Whereas Lewis and Henderson and Devers, those are all you know, 57, 36, 25. So this is this is quite a bit later in the draft where you're getting Machado. And that's probably why I'm getting him is because I don't really like some of these guys coming up next. Yeah, no, uh, big fan, like you said. I think he'll be fine. I'm obviously being optimistic at the same time. If for some reason he's a couple weeks behind at that ADP, we're still paying for it, I think. So I'm like one of those things where I'm kind of okay with it scenario. Yeah. But um, maybe draft accordingly is the best thing I could say if we start getting some more news. If we get negative news, the ADP is going to drop. So it works even better. And I'll still mm-hmm. be on Manny Machado. So we'll see how that one plays out. The eighth third baseman off the board is House on Kim, who actually will play third base, it says in that report, if Machado DHs. So he's got that going for him. We talked about Kim last week. Uh, anything else to add there? Nope. All righty. Alex Bregman, ninth third baseman off the board, a guy I'm growing on tremendously after our recap of third base because it opened my eyes up a ton to how good Bregman actually is. Uh, ADP of 101 right now. Bregman last season, 25 homers, 103 runs, 98 RBIs, three steals, hit 262. That's almost – that's really, really close to his 2022 season. And I think this is who he is, folks, and the projections have him doing almost the same thing. So he's just a steady, boring dude that finished top 10 at the position, according to the Rasball Player Raider last year, which at ADP 101, sign me up for almost every day of the week. Yep, absolutely. 724 plate appearances last year, 656 the year before. The dude just plays when he is healthy. And the the one flaw of this otherwise perfect board we have up here on the screen is it does not show uh, runs in RBI. Just didn't want to overload this thing with numbers, but that's where Bregman thrives, right? It's just, it's, he, he does compile. He's never going to, he's not going to blow you away with batting average. Not going to blow you away with Homer. He's going to get enough, but last year, 100 had 201 runs plus RBI and the ATC projection for Bregman is 94 runs and 86 RBI. When I look at Bregman, I have a top, he's a top 50 hitter and going at like 55-60 in terms of hitters off ADP. And I think like that projection is, I mean, it's no projections perfect. They're like 100% confidence, but like the error bars I think are pretty low at this point in both ways. I don't think the ceiling's very high, but I don't think the floor is low at all with Bregman. So he's he's absolutely fine where uh, where he's going. Yeah, he's a member of Team Boring, and I'm a big fan of Team Boring. And yep. uh Actually, that'll be something I, I usually write an article. I've written one like every year, depending on what side I was on. So I'll probably put on my Substack this year. But I usually write a team boring article based on ADP. And uh, you can almost go round by round and pick a boring guy. And in the end, you'll have a, a pretty interesting team. All said, all said and done. It's fun to look at it that way to at least give you like, we'll do our pockets episodes and stuff. But it gives you an idea of like, okay, if I, I'm kind of worried about a position, I can kind of maybe take this guy here and then be more aggressive, so on and so forth. So gives you ideas. The 10th third baseman off the board going about a half a pick after Alex Bregman is Nolan Arenado. He's kind of the second enigma, I guess, to me at this position outside of Royce Lewis. Um, one, I'm not on Arenado, but I feel like I should probably give him more respect. I guess we'll see. Um, the dude is going to be 33 this year. Uh, he hit 266, 26 home runs, 93 RBIs, 71 runs scored. So the average, not bad out of like three of the last four years, pretty consistent. Power was down a bit. That'd be the biggest concern. But as a whole, not bad. I know we talked bloom boards with him last year. So, what's your thoughts on Arenado? Because I feel like I'm not giving him 
enough love because when I just looked at that right now, that's a similar line to, to Bregman. Um, it is. It is. I, I have more concerns with Arenado than I do Bregman. And I think that's a proper comp because they are going literally at the same price. It's kind of interesting. Like, is is Nolan Arenado on Team Boring too? Like, I oh, he is. I've written him in Team Boring like is. three like three straight years. I've written yeah. him. Yeah. The thing is, like, unlike Bregman, I think there's I think there's a lower floor with Arenado. Um, so you mentioned the bat. I'll, I'll the only thing I'll push back on what you said, Bubba, is the batting average. Like the last four years, 253, 255, 266, 293. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not great. I mean, that's three out of four years under under 270. He doesn't get you the runs plus RBI that you get with the Bregman. And I am worried about the power decline, though. Nolan Arenado does pull a lot of his power. It's something that a lot of people have been looking into more this year. Um, he's he's a very much a pull hitter, so the power metrics, um, Arenado tends to outperform them. Biggest thing though is so you mentioned the age, be thirty three this year. The second half was 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 frankly pretty awful for Arenado, and he was dealing with back issues basically throughout. And I don't know once you get into your mid thirties, like will that just go away? And can we trust Arenado? to hold up for another 620 whatever plate appearances that that that's the only thing where i'm like i don't i i, I probably don't want to hold on to arenado one year too long and i'd rather just take bregman at the same price yeah that's totally fair uh bregman definitely a better batting average guy and the county stats are more consistent so i'm with you like, i have no arenado i just feel like i'm maybe give him some more respect but as you said, maybe I shouldn't. So I guess we're on the same. I guess I, mean, I should if, stay. Honestly, stay the course. If, if he stay is, the I mean, the flip side: if he's healthy and the back's fine, and he, maybe I mean, maybe he's fine, even if the back isn't fine. Like the projection is right there with Bregman. It's just like I, I don't know, my kind of gut feel on it, and all the things I just said. Uh, I just feel like I don't know. This this could go south. I guess like the the theory behind what I'm I'm maybe thinking he could be is it's like a combination. Does Goldie improve like we thought he might? That'll help right. a ton. Right. Does Arenado get healthy? Does Jordan he, Walker improve in year two? Like, does that you get a full season better? of Carlson at the top of the year? Stuff like that. Or not Carlson, you know, uh, Newt Bar. Like, there's a lot of things that went wrong for St. Louis besides just Arenado's injury. So it's one of those, like, if those other guys improve, that should help him as well. Um, it's a lot of what ifs. What ifs? That's, that's the thing. And at the same price, why would you take Steady Eddie Bregman? Why would you take the what if? But yeah, it's just a. It was just a thought that I was. I've been kind of looking at a little bit with Bregman or with uh, Arenado that I'm not in on yet. But I feel like I need to, uh, like I said, give a little more love to. All right, let's do our ADPs eleven through twenty for those listening at home. These are the players we will be picking from: Josh Young, Spencer Steer, Jake Berger, Alec Bohm, Noelvi Marte, Brian Hayes, Max Muncie, Isak Paredes, Michael Garcia. And Heimer, Condelario, a couple guys we've already talked about this year. But uh, who is your first player through this range? And this is a great one, Ryan. Why, thank you, my friend. Uh, it's it's Jake Berger and for, for, for a few reasons. But just looking at the position at a macro level. So we have Bregman, Arenado, 101 that we just talked about. You've got Josh Young at 113. Spencer Steer at 126. We've already talked about him, and I've kind of stated I've, I've off him. Then there's a 40-pick gap 
and then there's Jake Berger. And I don't really see the difference between like a Jake Berger and Josh Young going 52 picks, 54 picks earlier. Uh, Jake Berger has elite power. And not only did he keep that power, he as he gained regular playing time after the trade to Miami, strikeout rate improved vastly in the second half, hit 275 in the second half compared to 220 in the first half. And that was not really totally Babbitt driven. That was because he Berger made a lot more contact. I don't Berger got jerked around a bunch by Chicago earlier in the season. That's not happening with Miami. Like Miami is not the best lineup in the world, but Berger's going to hit in the middle of it. And I think he's going to play every single day. I think you've got, I mean, in the forecaster, we, we gave an upside projection for Berger of 40 homers, 265 batting average. Like good hell. If that, if that comes through, uh, he's a, he's a top eight third baseman. I don't you know. You can't expect that to come through, but he does have 40 home run power. And if those, if those strikeout gains stick, um, I don't know if Jake Berger is that bad of a batting average risk either. Like the 249 on our ATC chart here, it shows up in red, but I think there's some room for that to even grow. So um, for all those reasons, Jake Berger feels like he's older than he is too. 20, age 28 season and entering really just his second full season in the majors. So um, very, very high on Jake Berger this year at the price. Yep, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I think the batting average is higher than 249. I love what he did when we went to Miami was glorious. And I think that's just a guy that's finally having fun playing baseball, and he's locked into a routine, and there's so many factors that uh, help him out. So I'm looking forward to a full season in South Beach and seeing what Berger can do So with you on that one completely. The, the Miami lineup might not even be – so we've got my man, Luis Arias. But, like, if Jazz, if Jazz stays healthy – you got Josh Bell <laughs> laughing at my Luis Arias. Uh, you got the MVP there leading off. Yeah. See, me laughing prevents me from commenting. That's what that was for. <laughs> uh, it was somewhat in jazz, but you will get on. Arias will get on base. Jazz may get on base. Uh, actually, he probably won't. He's 300 OBP. He'll probably get hurt anyway. But hey, 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 uh, hey, hey, hey. That's not cool. <laughs> um, I yeah, take back what I said about Miami's lineup. It's pretty bad. Doesn't have that yeah. much of a ceiling. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Curlin breaking that down with me because that'll always be between. <laughs> Is he your Miami? Your oh, Miami yeah, pick? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Recording tomorrow morning, so that'll be fun. Right, well, tell him, tell him, ask him what he thinks of old Luis. Yeah, he'll be. uh He's always, you know, so optimistic that my Curlin guy. So we'll, we'll be good there. Um, my first one in this range of 11 through 20 will be Michael Garcia. He is the 19th third baseman off the board right now, around 215. This is maybe wish casting slash there's some smart people noticing that Michael Garcia is actually supposed to lead off for the Kansas City Royals. That's what the Kansas City people are starting to say, that he will lead off for the Royals, which would skew all projections out there because right now they have him at the bottom of the order. So that's where playing time sits. Like, you know, ATC's got him at 127 games at 522 plate appearances. Steamer, 125 games, 496 plate appearances. If he starts leading off, we're talking 650, 700, because he's going to play every day at third base. They want him to be the everyday uh, third baseman, which would be tremendous. So um, that boosts run production, because even uh, MJ Melendez, who led off, he scored a ton of runs, even though he wasn't that great. And Mikel, if he plays that many games, say he plays 150, 
that stolen base total is getting over the 30 mark, and that's going to be glorious. It's for a decent average, not great, but like 260, 270. Um, probably gets you about 10 home runs, a bunch of runs scored, which isn't talked about enough, and stolen bases. So I think that's a guy that, because of his ADP, I'm starting to keep my eye out on a little more for the fact that if he does jump to the leadoff spot, that is a gift at 215, in my opinion. And that's a guy I have circled on a lot of my boards as I go into the draft room thinking this is one that could be wrong projection-wise, not because of their fault, because we haven't seen it yet. But I think we're going to see Mikel Garcia doing a lot of leading off this year. And at 214, like that's nice. Yep. That's so. nice. If you're wrong, like not the not the end of the world. Yep, and this hurt. is uh Garcia is definitely one that I said at the top where there's like kind of kind of some random good speed options late at the position. This is absolutely one. It's kind of funny, like, and maybe this is just my misconception before doing the research for this show. I thought of Mikel Garcia as like a slap hitter. Yeah, Maybe that's just, that, that's wrong because yes, he has speeds, but that doesn't make him a slap hitter. 25% line drive rate last year. 50%, 50% hard hit rate. Yeah. The dude can hit. Like, like, it's, and it's one of those, and he's so young too. The dude's yeah. going to be 24 this year. Like, there's still development taking place there. I'm not saying he's going to be a monster masher because he has like a 4% barrel rate. So let's be honest yeah, about and it. He, and he doesn't hit many fly balls, but that that's taken into account. Like in the ATC projection, he's projected to hit 270. And that, yeah. I mean, that's wise because he hits the ball hard, hits it on a good line drive uh, trajectory. Yeah. And yeah, it's not going to be a lot of homers, but like there's there's more pop than I thought. It could be a t- like a 10 30 guy hitting 270. With 90 runs scored and maybe like 70 RBIs. That's real solid to me at 215. Just say that. Yeah, I'm going to uh, bold him on my sheet here as we. You're welcome. Because again, we just do this podcast to help our own prep. Uh, That's how I do a lot of my bench with bubble shows. So, yes. Where the hell is he? All right, he's bold now. There you go. That'll be bold for you to take him. Uh, who's your next guy? Because uh, I'm a fan of him as well. Uh, Jesus, he threw me off. <laughs> um, my next guy is Cabrian Hayes. I feel like Cabrian Hayes so far in his career has just teased us with, with skills, with tools, and it just has not turned into production, but it started to last year. Cabrian Hayes at 15 homers, 10 steals, and hit 271. Um, Again, I'll go back to the forecaster because I, I believe in it and I contribute to it, but upside projection of 280 and, and more than 20 home runs. Uh, the power, there were some pretty good power gains from Cabrian Hayes, even though it did not really come to fruition in the in the year-long uh, total with this 15 homers. 10 of those 15 uh, did come in the second half. He improved the strikeout rate. Barrel rate went up. Um He's got a pretty green light in Pittsburgh. I worry that like, and this is just one with the new rules. I don't really understand. Cabrian Hayes dropped from 20 steals to 10 from 2022 to 2023. And his success rate dropped from 80%, which is good, to 63%, which is really bad. So like for whatever reason, the new rules did not help Hayes last year. But he has shown the ability to steal steal 20 bags in a season. So I think if you if you pair that, with the growing power and the improved strikeout rate in an age 27 season at a price that is, the hell is he going? 174. Um, not like dirt cheap, but if, you know, it's 16th third baseman off the board, um, I'm taking a little bit of a leap of faith that Cabrian Hayes is going to 
hit a new level that he hasn't hit before, but the skills kind of say that's coming. Yeah, I'm with you. We've, we've always known the hit tool is very good. He just always had his up and downs with injuries. But uh, last year when he returned, like you mentioned, it was a, a nice glimpse into what we've kind of expected from him for a long time, especially elevating the baseball. That was yep. such such a big improvement with Cabrian Hayes in the second half, and that's where we saw the power increase, all the, all the stuff you mentioned. But it was just – he came up on bloom boards last year because of this. I know we talked about him on other factors for things. Uh, I loved him in DFS forever because he they didn't really price him accordingly because, A, he was on the Pirates, and, B, I was like, was he a fluky thing or not? Um, there was a good run, a good consistent run that showed the skills that Cabrian Hayes, at least to me, and I'm with you. I, I thought with what we saw to finish last year, he'd be going higher than this. I was actually surprised when we started doing drafting that Cabrian Hayes is still buried down here, and I think it's probably because people are still like, yeah, well, you got to kind of prove it to me for a full season. Let's yeah. see how that goes. And that's fair enough. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you, Uncle Brian Hayes. There's, there's a lot of power there that we've been hoping for, and we just got to hope that speed can come with it. Because I'll never forget James Anderson on my sh- bench with Bubba probably four years ago when Brian made his debut or whatever. Um, the the season bef- the, the offseason before Brian's rookie year, uh, he James Anderson was very high on Brian Hayes, and basically it was a 2020 guy. That's what he's talking about. He's a 2020 player from what he was evaluating as a prospect and i think the guy we saw in the second half last year shows that exists so that is in the tools and that's a heck of a steal at that that adp so i'm there I'm interesting you. interesting thing with hayes his uh because because pittsburgh's gonna be so bad but like hayes projected to hit third behind o'neill cruz and brian reynolds so like rbi opportunities i think galore but I think he can also steal bases out of the three slot because yes, after Hayes is like yep. rowdy, Henry rowdy. Davis, McCutcheon, Sawinski. Don't so forget, it's not rowdy. like don't forget Rowdy. Uh, I mean, not to, not to be smirched the good name of Rowdy. Um, I think Hayes still gets a green light from the oh, people because yeah. there ain't much behind him. No, he's so. he's and it feels like again. This is me just talking out of school here. Is Hayes was. At worst, hitting third. I feel like he was hitting second a lot towards the end of last year. Like he was up earlier yeah, in the order without Cruz there. Yeah. yeah, without Cruz there, he was hitting second a lot. So, like that's that's another thing to watch and see how they they do build the lineup. Like it makes sense to have Cruz near the top and you know have Reynolds and and uh, and then Cabrian after that. But maybe they mix things up and say, hey, Cruz, you're not fully healthy ever, so let's move you somewhere else and make you more of a run producer. We'll see. I doubt it, but I'm just you know speculating here. Dude, dude, the bottom of Pittsburgh's order is like filled with your boys. It's Rowdy, Leo, Leo Pigero, Pigero is your Pigero, pick last Pigero. week. Palacios, you like the Palacios? Yes, the fighting Palacios. Look at that, man. Pirates hey, I I am a fan of bad teams when it comes to fantasy because you know what that spells: late draft value. And for people like us that do content all the time. Lots of waiver wire columns. <laughs> That's where they end up because yeah, they're always got, out there. So we're streaming them all the time. You got Edward yeah. Oliveras coming off the bench. Yep. The squad. It, it is. They're going to fight, man. It's a young team that's hungry. And they just, you know, they're in the market for Noah Syndergaard. So they're going to score a ton of runs. So oh, watch Jesus. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my next third baseman, Isak. Isak Paredes, ADP of around 183 right now. Um, and I just wanted to highlight him because, you know, 31 jacks last year, 71 runs, 98 RBIs at 250. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, he's 
pull this, pull that, and can't do this for power. And people told me that even before last draft season when I liked uh, Isak Paredes. But between his plate discipline, which I think is very impressive for a guy that's kind of feels like more free swingy than he is, um, barrel rates like only 6%, his hard hit rates only 28%, but that's because he pulls fly balls. That's what he does, and that's kind of what he's built to do. And so that's not changing. So if that's not changing, why should I change my outset on a guy that could hit me 25 to 30 home runs yet again? So the only thing I'll say with Isak is, you know, 250 is probably the max you'll see in batting average. So that could come back and haunt you if he struggles at all. Not going to run at all either. So he's almost like a three-ish category guy more than anything. Don't expect the world from him. But he's got the first base, third base eligibility, which is nice to have that that flexible nature. He's going to play pretty much every day because he's not a platoon guy. The Rays actually, honestly, if you look at their roster, not as heavy platoon as they once were. There's still a few, mm-hmm. but like back even like a year or so ago, it seemed like all but like two positions were platooned. Now it's only a couple are platooned. So Isak will play a ton unless he gets hurt. Going to hit a ton of home runs, driving runs. So if you need that power later, that's the dude I'd look good. Interesting that uh, Max Muncy going going right next to Isak. Yeah. Um, we have a question on Muncy, so I was holding my comments. Yeah, we, we, that's we, true. Can, yeah, we we'll, can unleash it now. No, if we'll, you want. we'll shelve it for uh, listener yeah. questions. We need to we give him the that spotlight. It's a it's a so you said you'd get me excited about this position. It's kind of working. Like I told so you. we just talked about Hayes one seventy four. It's just an interesting group. Hayes Isak going right after him, then Muncy, and then uh, Michael Garcia. Michael. Yeah, so Mikhail, like, and I'll, I'll give Kevin Hastings the hat tip on this one because he did it on the bench above Royals preview. Really opened my eyes to that, and he mentioned how Curlin has been doing some work on it, looking at that, so I talked to Curlin about it, and that's kind of what got uh, – they pointed me to actual facts, not just Curlin talk. So there's actually like points to it, and um, that's where I said, okay, that's good because I already liked Hayes. Burger's pretty sweet. So you got to leave some options down here. And like, we didn't even talk to Welby Marte. I guess a listener question there. He's least interesting. So it's not as doom and gloom as it appears at first glance. Let's put it that way. Yep. Agreed. It gets doomy and gloomy after this, though. I'll be 100% honest. Uh, 21 and beyond. This is where we start grasping at straws, I feel like. Uh, Luis Rangifo's down there. Uh, Your boy. Ryan McMahon's down there. I like. I don't mind both of them, but they're like 21 and 23, so they're not that far down from where we're going. Yeah. But uh, who's your first one when we start looking into the depths of the position? It's also funny. I'll, I'll get to that in just a sec. It's also funny to see Matt Chapman, Eugenio Suarez, attached at the hip yet again. They had like yep. the same ADP last year, and now they have basically the 267, 275 with the same exact projection again this year. They're a Spider-Man uh, gift, man. They are. Yeah, yeah. Two, at least two years in a row. But uh, yep. not picking either one of those guys. Um, I'm picking Tyler Black. Under the hope, and I think you can hope at an ADP of 327, like you have to start going out on a limb for some of these guys um, with the hope that Tyler Black starts at Milwaukee, at third base in Milwaukee on opening day. I know they just signed Hoskins. That shouldn't affect anything in terms of Black. I think Andrew Monasterio is the only real obstacle at this point, and I don't think that's – very much of an obstacle um black is close to ready 173 plate appearances at triple a last year so he's had a couple months there um again could go back there to start the year but if not it wouldn't be a huge jump the biggest thing for me is black stole 55 
bases in the minors last year, and he did it with decent strikeout rates, decent whiff rates, and at least some pop. Like I don't think this is just similar to what we're saying about Mikel Garcia. Um, I think Tyler Black is like a Mikel Garcia going 100 picks later. You're just you're it, he's going later because you don't have the playing time certainty, and we have no idea what he'll do in the majors. Um, so it's warranted, but uh, I think I think you I think you might be in the black if you take Tyler Black at ADP of 327. If it doesn't work out and he doesn't make the team, you just cut him and churn and move on. So, man, if you listeners don't gain anything from this podcast, gain one thing. Ryan threw a punt out there that was dead on. That was well done. Well done. Proud of you Pre- on that one. Prepared, prepared that one. Was, um, uh, no, that's uh, the blacks. Blacks a good one that I've started to look at lately because um, some smart people, prospect guys, have been talking more and more about him. If you look at the the Brewers roster, they did sign Reese Hoskins on Tuesday, which is Reese's pieces. Beautiful ballpark for that man to come back to. Big yep. fan of that. But um, they were also mentioning Tyler Black. Like, there's nothing stopping the Brewers except Tyler Black from stopping himself from making this team essentially because. The, the position's wide open. It's his to take if he can produce. If he doesn't produce, basically he stops himself is what I'm trying to say. So um, and it's, so you're right. If he produces out the gate, makes the team on opening day, this could be a steal at that point in the draft. A lot of what ifs, but at that point, who cares? Like that's that's part right. of the game. Yep. Um, it's funny you mentioned Chapman and Suarez because I'm going to go Eugenio Suarez at 275. Oh, you are? I kind of decided to know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got him on there. All and, right, let's, let's see. And it's just it's it's not great, I'll be honest. But what it is is it's like you know the consistency I've talked about with Ryan McMahon. You're going to get the same thing from Suarez. He's going to hit you two thirty five ish, give or take. Uh, last year only twenty two homers. I actually like him better in Arizona to hit home runs. So let's say twenty five home runs in Arizona. He'll drive in runs. He'll score some. He'll be right in the middle of the lineup that's going to be putting up runs with Carroll and Walker and whatnot. Do I love Eugenio? No. Would I be okay with him on my team? I have been already, like especially at corner infield or in a DC as third base depth. I love him for third base depth because you can play matchups with that. Um, there will be times when Suarez is very productive. Like That's going to happen. I could use the old line too. He's really good in OBP leagues at his ADPs because he's always got a 10% walk rate, so he's another guy to keep an eye on there because he just gets overlooked because people think he sucks, which he doesn't. He is a consistent power source, which re, which in turn brings consistent run production. So at least two and a half to three categories he's given you, which I'll take it as 275 ADP. The reason I didn't pick Chapman is A, I don't know where he's playing, and B, he just scares me the way he's so dead center hitting that uh, like Suarez just pulls bombs most of the time, most of the time, not all the time. But um, Chapman, it's just like Chapman, if he ever clicked it in, would be way better than Suarez. We've been saying that for like four years now, and he hasn't clicked it in. So I took Suarez at ADP of 275. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, my most recent draft and old team, and that dude's actually my starting third baseman, which... <laughs> there you pretty, go. Pretty, there you go. No, it's pretty depressing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was just like the spot that I waited at last, because I got him in the 18th round. And Was I in that one with you? I think I was. Yeah, you're in all the ones with me. Oh, yeah, but I remember that because you were texting me going like, I don't have a third baseman. I, I remember that very clearly now. <laughs> well, and so like that's why I go Suarez over like a Tyler Black because I didn't. I waited at third base, yeah. and at that point you do need some playing time. So I guess by uh, me making that choice, I endorse your. Because just Suarez. If, it's, if it's a good, yeah, it's a good. 
good power RBI combo with that lineup. I, I, I get it. And if people like are worried about playing time, Longoria played every day. Yeah, healthy, yes, much. that's so like great Suarez. Point. He's either at DH or playing third base. Like Suarez is playing. Just yes. realize that. <laughs> yep. So, who is your second one here, Ryan? Uh, going like oh, youth movement tonight. Going Kobe Mayo is someone who in draft and hold, and I don't have his ADP up. It's like 35th round in 15-teamer. So this is like, if you're in a fab league, um, you're probably not even drafting Kobe Mayo. 521. If, 521. So this this one's deep, and it also shows why like I don't really like a lot of the third basemen going in the 20s. There's just not that much talent there. Um, Kobe Mayo is the number 10 overall prospect by Rotowire's uh, James Anderson. Um coming into the season. I don't think, I don't think Kobe Mayo is up on opening day. And again, that's why the price is so cheap, but I do think Kobe Mayo is up at some point this season. So I think for, if you're in draft and holds and you already have a third baseman and you're looking for a second or third one that uh, should be available to you and playing in the second half of the season, I think Kobe Mayo is a great choice. He's got 267 plate appearances at AAA. He hit 29 home runs last year. Uh, hit like two kind of eyeballing this between hit like 280 between double A AA and triple A. Um, and again, has that prospect pedigree. Um, it's just someone who I think in the second half is is good. So, no, would not take him in a fab league to start out, but in draft and holds or best balls, even. Um, I think you're going to get some pretty good second half production from a, a good prospect. So, the ceiling could be even higher, what the projection is. And uh, again, going outside the top 500. So, Kobe Mayo for me. I feel you. I feel you there. That's a fun one I've had circled on a lot of drafts, like in my queues as I've been going on. So I, I get that one completely. My final one, Ryan, you can leave the room if you'd like. DJ LeMay. Dude, swear he retired. I thought he retired. I thought he was he, done. I know. I'm, I'm laughing just because this was your response. Like, you're like who? <laughs> yeah. And then and in parentheses, you put, if I haven't used him already. It's like, yeah. man, I hope you haven't used him already. ADP 370. He's first base, third base eligible. And the dude put up a decent year. 243, 15 homers, 55 runs, uh, 44 RBIs. Decent for DJ standards. What I really like, though, is the way he finished the season. The second half of the season, he hit 273 with eight of those home runs. He hit leadoff a lot for the Yankees in the second half of the season. So when injuries took place, they used him and used him often and there's already reports out that they want to have him as their everyday leadoff hitter again this year. Like they're they're loving what they're getting. So to get the Yankees leadoff hitter at that ADP, who will score over a hundred runs if he leads off for the whole season, hit for a decent average, maybe pop you twelve to fifteen homers. You can sign me up for that all day long. I guess. I guess I can't. I can't bag the guy too much. I mean, he's going outside of the top thirty. It's a good point if he leads off ahead of Soto and Judge and Glaber. Like, that's that's awesome. I just, I mean, he's, this isn't the, like, DJ not, LeMayhew no. of 2019-2020 when he was hitting 300. Like, the projection, I think, is, like, 250. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I think a good depth piece in drafting holds. It's someone I probably wouldn't even take in fab leagues because, again, I want that, like, Yes or no, cut or move on. And I think with LeMahieu, you might be stuck in that kind of no man's land for a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. 
that's fair. But, but I'm glad he's still. I'm glad he's still playing. And has yeah, he's not retired. I, I didn't, he's not uh, retired. You got, you got that. that going for you, Bloomfield. Yeah. Gosh, learn learn something new every every show with you. What an ageist over there. What an ageist. Um, all right. Let's talk. Or finally, what's how are you approaching third base? After talking about this, maybe a little more optimistic on things. How are you approaching the position? Um, taking a, a lot of Machado Bregman around like a hundred. I haven't gotten any Riley Devers or Henderson yet. Uh, but I'm fine doing that. And again, if you need to wait, I do think it's it's fine to wait here. Um, because a, there are some decent options. We, we talked about Hayes, Paredes, Muncy, Garcia, but not only are there the different options, but there's different types of stats, which is, which is interesting too. So you can wait on third base and kind of balance out. You got different options for speed, power, and batting average, which is kind of nice. So, um, again, in, in 15 team leagues, you're going to have to have holes everywhere. You're going to have to have a position where you don't draft somebody until, you know, you're the last team to do it. I think third base is one where you can get away uh, with doing it. Um, I also need to add Jake Berger in that list of uh, names going around 170 to 200. That's a nice little pocket as well. Yep. Uh, I'm with you. It's a position. I got a lot of Machado. I've been starting to take a lot more Bregman. That's been kind of my, my happy place. But I've already mentioned uh, Jerry and I just haven't really had the back end pick very often. So yeah. It's out. Yep. Um, I don't mind Riley. It's similar to you, Riley and Devers' thoughts. But it's pretty much been like Bregman or Machado, or I sit back and I take like a Cabrian Hayes or a Mikael Garcia. That's where I've been going. I, I, um, I do like my candy man, of course. So there's options I have back there, but it's been primarily the um, – the early pick of Machado or Bregman where most of my third base is going. I don't see that changing a ton, but I do like a lot of the guys that we've started to talk about for sure. Yep. All right. Some listener questions for this third based episode, Steve Stoughton at what ADP do you feel okay drafting junior Camonero in a DC right now is ADP is two thirty. I am not drafting him at all. Cause I think he starts the year in triple a. See, that's what I, yeah, and listening to your Rays episode, it's all about the playing time with Camonero. I don't, I'd much rather take, he's sandwiched between McMahon and Rangifo. Like, yep. I think if you well, need a the body there, like, easy yeah, you're, you're going there. So, um, yep. yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, you're, you're, you're asking for an ADP. I can't even give you one. I, yeah, to answer the question, I'd probably say like more like 300, not two, 230 is, 230 is late. Which is Camonero's current ADP, but it's not that late. Like you still need those picks to come through, and you need playing time from those picks. Yeah, yeah. Like you'd rather I'd rather take a chance on Tyler Black than Junior Camonero. So interesting. Because uh, so I think Black has a better chance to start the season with the team than Camonero does. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, Drew For- Fru underscore Dorte, our buddy who won the uh, OC overall in twenty twenty three. Playing time thoughts for Willie Castro. Yeah, that's someone who we have not talked about. ADP of 322 projected steals by Steamer. Um, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, he doesn't have an everyday job. Like, I'm not going to draft him. Uh, Willie Castro last year. Uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was like, he will eventually play on that team. That, so. That's exactly what I was just <laughs> yeah, That's why, say. That's why I stopped. Like, I'm not going to cut you off there. 
is like, I mean, and and all Lily Castro needed last year was 409 plate appearances to steal 33 bags. I mean, that did somewhat come out of nowhere, but it's just interesting. Like in January, everybody's perfectly healthy. Nobody will go on the IL. We all know that's a load of crap, um, especially on a Twins team where you've got. We just talked about Royce Lewis. Like, I I, I do think playing time will open up for Willie Castro, and I think the only thing is like in Fab leagues, you've got to wait it out. And I've kind of said this about a few other players is I don't like to try and wait it out in Fab leagues. But if you're in a draft and hold going at 300, Willie Castro, if you take him as your second or third third baseman there will be a time where he is a regular and he is chipping in a good chunk of speed with uh, a batting average that won't hurt you or power really power. Yeah. Yeah. He's third base outfit eligible. Um, he nine homers ago, those 33 steals and only uh, four and nine plate appearances season before that, played 112 games before that 125. So he finds his way into playing time is what we're and trying he, to say. And he plays like, dude, he played 54 games at left field. 45 in center, 41 at third, 10 at second, eight at shortstop, and four in right field. Literally can play like every position other than yep. catcher. So there are just so many paths to playing time. Like yeah, Polanco, Correa, Lewis, Buxton. Yeah. Go on the list like, of places where he can play. Kirilov. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's nuts that I wouldn't be surprised if we do the review show next offseason and Castro play at least 110 games or something like it's well within the cards to take place. So that's why he's a phenomenal draft and hold pick and a waiver wire pickup at one point this season, for sure. That'll be a hundred percent an option. Uh, Thomas Travato says, man, everyone says third base is deep, but in my 16 team six keeper league, there's a, is there a reason I should take a Brian Hayes early over Heimer Candelario or Justin Turner? I'd say yes, because it's a keeper league, and Cabrian Hayes is a lot younger than those two guys. Agreed. I definitely would take uh, Hayes. I Is Turner even third base eligible? In, he says in, Yahoo he's eligible at third in base. Yahoo. Okay. Yeah, um, I, yeah I'd still – I think Turner – well, while, while I like him for 2024. It could be I his last Hayes, season. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, And he might not do much this year. I, I don't know. Uh, Hayes would easily be the call. Yeah, I go Hayes, Candelario, Turner in that order, but it's it's Hayes pretty easy for me as well. All right, next question we got for you. Randy Leeson says, more likely to have a 2020 season, Noelvi Marte or Cabrian Hayes? That is a great question. That's a good question. question. I, I will go... About three picks apart, too. That's really good. Yeah, that's right. 171, 174. I will go Marte. I will go Marte because I think Marte, all he needs is like 500 plate appearances to do it. And to what we just talked about with multiple pass to playing time, yes, the Reds infield looks crowded right now. And maybe Marte does not play six times a week right now while everyone's healthy, but we all know that'll change. Um, I'll go Marte because I think for all the praise we just heaped on Cabrian Hayes, uh, there have been injuries there. And he, I think Cabrian Hayes needs 600, 650 plate appearances to be able to get to 2020 yeah this is a tough one um whew. i'm gonna go with cabrian hayes just because we saw the power increase 15 and 10 last year in 124 hopefully the steals were down just because of injury bring it back with the power i'll go 2020 with hayes but it's it's really close that's a great question that's a really good question that wouldn't be surprised they have very similar stat lines at the end of the season 
The ATC projection on Noel V. Marte is uh, 268, 13 homers, 16 steals. And how many plate appearances do they have for him? As it loads. 500? 463. 463. It's not many. And that's no. pretty good production out of that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see see who uh, takes that. Yep, most definitely. Uh, at Dandretti114 says, Muncie is getting faded way too much. Muncie has an ADP of 184 right now. Hit 212 last year with 36 home runs, which is a thing for him. 95 runs scored, 105 RBIs in 135 games. I'll let you have the floor first on this one. Um, I think it's just in OBP leagues, it's a great pick, but that batting average can be a killer. Just you have to have a pretty good batting average cushion in order to take Matt Muncy. If you do, it's a great pick because, I mean, the dude last year, 95 runs, 105 RBI last year, despite hitting 212. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he, I mean, power, mid-30s power. So everything else is there. You just have to have it with the right team. Like I took in the the first pitch speakers draft that we're in right now, I started with Freddie Freeman. So like Max Muncy may be an option for me uh, if I decide to wait on third base or at corner, just because I, I might have that batting average cushion. That's the only time I think I'd take Muncy. Yeah. Um, let's put it this way. The batting average is horrific. And then early rumblings from Dodgers beat writers say Max Muncy could be in line for a platoon this season to A, help with his health, and B, looking at his splits last year are atrocious. So I dug them up. 11 of his 36 home runs versus lefties. He hit 155 versus left-handed pitching. 155. Let me repeat that. He had no doubles against lefties. 12 singles and 11 home runs against lefties last season. In uh, 171 plate appearances, he had 17 walks compared to 68 versus righties. So he's not even walking a ton versus left-handed pitching. It was a steep drop-off in against left-handed production, and it opened my eyes to the fact that all these depth pieces that they keep bringing into LA, there is an avenue where there could be a platoon for Max Muncy if that continues, because this team. Yes, they're going to make the playoffs pretty much even if Max plays all 150 games and sucks versus lefties. I think they want to prove a point, though, and they want to do some damage, and that could be the platoon situation. Good, Really good point. Did not so, realize a 263 OBP against – I mean, you cited batting average. I said uh, 17 walks or something like that. It was yeah, it was atrocious. That is bad. Yeah, like dreadful stuff. So, And they've got like Chris Taylor. I mean, they've got pieces. Manny Margot, if they shift – people around and whatnot they've got guys off the bench who could go in against lefties for sure yep, there there is an angle where this could happen so don't be surprised is what i'm trying to say hmm. ben tid are our buddy ben tid i should say are you guys worried about gunners platoon splits the lack of depth at shortstop makes me think he's still worth it at his adp i think he's fine yeah i wouldn't worry too much um like I think we I think we rush to judgment on platoon splits a little too early. I mean, Gunnar Henderson in his entire career has only had 193 plate appearances against lefties. Like that's kind of nothing. And I, I I'll admit I don't have the minor league splits, so maybe this is a longer standing problem. Um, but I think Baltimore is going to let Gunnar go. Um, I think the talent, the defense is there, and 
they're just going to let him do it. Um, and I think even despite the lefties, I agree with Ben, like I think the production is still going to be there for Gunner to uh, justify where he's going in drafts. Yep. I totally agree with you on that one. Uh, our buddy Taylor at Taylor Bauer 11. No question this week, but a statement. I'm all in on Royce Lewis, Cabrian Hayes, third base corner infield combo. If, if, if Royce stays healthy, that's beautiful. One out of two ain't bad. Uh, no, Taylor. Taylor is a smart dude. Yeah, he have interacted with him on Twitter a little bit yep. as well. Um, smart dude, and yes, I mean we I, we both agree with the Lewis rundown. First yep. round talent if he if he if he stays in the lineup. Yep, could be an absolute gem for you. That'll do it, Bloomfield. Another episode in the books. Tons of good questions as always, people. We appreciate that. Um, we got PitchCon this week. Ryan is on on Wednesday, and I am on Friday. Uh, we got Thursday outfield episode part one. So, any closing thoughts on another episode of Bubba the Bloom? I got nothing. I do. Uh, I did leave the position more optimistic than I than I started. So, in a better mood about third base. So, thank you. Mission accomplished. That's what I like right. to hear. Mission accomplished. Um, so, yeah, again, reminder, everybody, if you want to get in the listener league, rating and review, shoot us a DM. We're going to start tweeting it out for people to join that aren't avid listeners like you all. So it's first come, first served. You guys have had plenty of chances to get in there. we got about three leagues filled. We'd like to fill at least one more. Even more would be awesome, but at least one more, and then we'll get the, the format set up if you want to get us your contact info to get you um the uh like the options and all that kind of stuff that'd be great because we'll take some time to set them up the goal would be to start drafting by mid-february and start knocking those out so they will be live not slow live auction drafts so yeah. uh january 30th uh dj lemahi retirement party so just keep, put that on your calendars as well oh, yeah it's not funny it's not not, not cool not cool, but uh, it would be really funny if it did because that'd be a podcast next Tuesday. So that would be really interesting if it happened. Be up but, there with uh, my John Singleton call last year. Oh, that was good as well. But uh, on that note, on that very high note, we're going to head out of here. Check out Ryan on Twitter at RyanBHQ, podcast at Bubba Bloom Pod. I'm at BD Entrick, and this is Bubba and the Bloom, episode 101, 2024, third base preview. Catch you all next time. <laughs>